When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, this is Norman Hull, and welcome to Formula Once Upon a Time. In this edition, my good friend Roberto Boccafoglia and I visited the home of Enzo Ferrari in Modena, in Italy. As Roberto and I stood outside the building in the warm sunshine, we thought of all the Formula One history that had been made in this place. And then we stepped inside to meet Enzo Ferrari's son, Piero Ferrari. The beginning was not easy with Bernie, but my father understood that Bernie had a vision, maybe 1%, not like uh, in the 60, a good driver can add maybe 30% or more. Nicky was not very diplomatic, but he was right. If Formula One is winning next Sunday, next Monday, there are not more clients going in the dealership to buy a new Ferrari. We are with uh, Piero Ferrari. We are in Modena. We are in the house where Mr. Ferrari passed away. And we are also at the table, the three of us, that was the table where in the 1980s, the Ferrari team, the Gestione Sportiva, took all his decisions. So, Roberto, are you as excited and a little bit goose-pimpled like me about being here. I am so much emotioned. I cannot hide how much a fan of Ferrari I am. For me, Ferrari is my whole life, so you can imagine, you can imagine, Norman, how much emotioned I am in this moment. So, we're here with Mr. Ferrari because we would like to ask you and to give an account, because you've lived it with, with your father, and with the team, of how this extraordinary team has gone up and down, up and down for so many years, and it's still here, still exciting people, still the point of reference of Formula One. Maybe let's start right from the beginning. Your earliest memories of being consciously Ferrari in a team, in a brand. Going back to Ferrari, I can go back till 1965, when first I started officially to work for Ferrari because um, my grandmother died in November and uh, she said to my father that his last wish was me to be in the company to work with him. So in, in November 1965, I went for the first time, I had the desk in Maranello to work, to work in Maranello. So from that day, I can tell you not everything what happened, but I know most of the things 
happened in Maranello. And especially, of course, I was being involved very much in, in the Formula One team. I love cars. I love uh, uh, what is behind the engineering and behind the design and all the process to from the idea to, to the building and production of the car. Ferrari has been up and down, up and down, yes, it's true. The reason, the reason why the people are changing, uh, the managers are changing, the engineers are changing, the team is always growing. Uh, the, the Formula One team in the 50s maybe was, I don't know, 10 people. Now it's more than 1,000. And so the people are changing. The drivers are changing. The, so there, there's not one only reason. It's because the, the times are changing. The, the company is developing the racing team. Also, people are changing the rules, are changing the technologies. So if you have to match the people with new rules, new technology, all together, sometimes you have a good combination and sometimes not. And the last one is to have the best drivers, but if you have the best driver, you need best driver with the best car, with the best team, with the <laughs> best budget. You, have, you need everything at the same moment in the same year. If you are missing one detail, you lose because Formula One is so uh, tight competition, so close competition. It has been proven that if you have the correct combination, you can win for a long period. Happened to Ferrari, now it's happening to our competitors. And one of the reasons that Ferrari was, has been always so exceptional is that for many years it was the only team that made the car and the engine. So the whole package, especially with the, uh, the, the garagistas, as they were called, uh, of, uh, of, of my country, uh, England. So was that a handicap for many years or was it a strength, you think? can be both. Um, the answer can be uh, both ways, I mean, but it's an advantage because uh, you have uh, all the engineers and all the technology working on the same office, all together, and so this is happening. I'm not saying it's not happening, but it's always happening. This uh, the problem is the engine, the problem is the car, and so the engineers uh, of the, um, responsible of the engine development they say no, our engine is the most powerful, and or vice versa. This is a discussion that will never end, never. But to have everybody on the same uh, under the same roof and with same responsibility uh, to to make the team winning, I think is an advantage. Piero, I started following Formula One in 1973, and uh, if I check now the whole situation of that period, I think that maybe that season, 1973, was one of the worst moments for Ferrari in Formula One, and uh, maybe the worst at all, because uh, other teams were playing very well. It was Tyrrell, it was Lotus, McLaren was coming back. You had a great engine, but a lot of trouble on chassis. And then something happened. Somebody, I think your father, Enzo Ferrari, switched it completely and uh, chose a totally different line. Uh, Mauro Forgieri back to the team, 
New Drivers, Niki Lauda to the team for 1974, Claire back. For sure you remember it because it was such a difficult season for you. Ferrari was avoiding a couple of races that season just to prepare for the next one where you started winning again and you were close like that to the championship and then you won in 75 with Niki. Where did uh, Enzo Ferrari, but where did Ferrari start from reinventing the whole situation? Well, this is a good question, but I, I'm lucky because I still remember that period. And uh, I was young, I was uh, really very motivated and, to, and very happy to be involved in that, in that period for, in Formula One. And that was possible, why? Because there is one step before that my father decided to make one uh, office working in parallel to the racing team design office. And so, and that office was Mauro Forgieri and um, Angelino Marchetti, that was the design engine designer. Mm -hmm. And in that office was designed the, the boxer, the 12-cylinder boxer, and was designer the, the, the T gearbox and the, the, T car, the first T car. So, this was possible because on the parallel to the normal activity of the racing team was an advanced design office working in parallel way and not in the working for the calendar I mean, of the yeah. of the Formula One races because uh, Niki Lauda came and joined the team with uh, Claire Gazzoni and Niki was really at that time was no telemetry. No, nothing digital, everything was analog. So the, the feeling of the driver was the, the technical, most important technical information. The key point. The key mm. point. And mm. Nicky was very good on this, was able to, to tell to engineers, especially to Mauro, what he was feeling. You know, he was always saying that you feel the car with your bottom, you know, mm. your back. So, yeah. This was right, Nikki, and but that's why I was giving you right information, and so from from that year, 1974, started to recover the team and to to improve and for a winning period. Can I can I take you a few years further, if I may? Um, your father, I think, probably for the first time in 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 the context of the teams at the time in you know, Ferrari, hired a complete outsider in John Barnard. Mm -hmm. And then that was quite an interesting period, I think, also for Ferrari, because Barnard insisted, I think, on having... Well, I think Inso said, who's the best out there? And they said, it's John Barnard. And John Barnard was hired, and then he set up a structure in England. And, and how, how did that period develop through your eyes? Because that must have been the first time that someone from the outside mm. of, the, of the citadel, if you want, of, of Maranello yeah. and Modena, um, was taking decisions. Yes, was a, a very... Difficult and challenging period. That period of, of the 80s was the, the time of, uh, of the turbo engines. The turbo engines, year after year, was doing huge improvement you know, in power, had new rules on aerodynamics, and the aerodynamics was really one of the key points of, uh, of the development of the car. And, and so we were looking for uh, talent outside the 
outside Italy. And John Barnard was technical director in McLaren, and we believe it was the right choice. There was one problem, if I can say, that John did not accept to come to, to work in Maranello. And he said, I can work much better with the engineers that I know, with the designer that I trust, uh, and they can work, do the same job from, uh, from UK. My father accepted, and this started. But I was sure that we could convince him to do the second step and come to Barnello, but after, that <laughs> didn't happen. Anyway, he did, he did some good thing, some good design. He designed good good car, especially the, the V12 that was the, the new formula with a normal aspirated engine and not anymore turbo. That car was very interesting car, very interesting design uh, on chassis side, and was introducing the first paddle shift uh, gearbox. And this was, this was a, something born in Ferrari, I mean, that was developed in those years in Ferrari. I think, Pierre, if I can say that uh, John, I was quite in touch with John then. We must be realistic. He was not an easy guy. He was not at all an easy guy. But John was making a good job because, as you said, yeah. the, a 1989 car was a supercar. And my question is, uh, what about if your dad was not passing away in the middle of 88? Because I'm sure that, uh, <laughs> I mean, afterwards, anyway, Ferrari and John Barnard were back again together. In fact, they made good things together. I mean, that moment was a very, very key moment, of course, because when the founder of the team passes away, things yeah. for the team can change. But uh, then, Ferrari was coming from an 87 with two big wins in the two last races with, yeah. with Berger in Japan and Australia, yeah. and a win thrown away by Berger with a spin in the last yeah. two laps in Portugal. So the end of the season was very good to Ferrari. Then the next season was difficult also because your father, of course, passing away. Yeah, this I remember well because, okay, in the 80s, I was very involved. And uh, from 87 to 88 has been changed the engine rules. Yeah. And uh, w was limited the boost pressure with a pop-off valve and was changed the design of a pop-off valve. Eh? And our engine was not any more competitive like the year before. The car was not so bad because the car was, was Gustav Brunner that designed that car was not bad the car, but we had problems with the engine uh, and with the new rules of engine. So, you see, you have to match to see the big picture of uh, of the cars, of engineers, of the rule rule change and what is, what happened really in the history. And uh, of course, if my father was alive, it could be different. Pierre, I would like to ask you a question about culture, and what I mean by that, Ferrari has a very strong culture. The question I, I pose myself, I think a few times, and probably others have too, is that we, we mentioned Barnard and Gustav Brunner and, and, and you know, Todd, Ross Braun, you know, and these are all foreign names. And what I'm getting at is one of the great strengths of, 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 of Ferrari is that it's, it's close. You know, you mentioned that you commute from Modena to Maranello. It's mm. not a very big distance, of course. Yeah. This region is a very strong region with a, long, a strong culture of its own, of course. And so, to me, one of the great strengths of Ferrari is that 
people have worked here all their lives and, and fathers and sons and daughters and it's very it's very closely knit when people from outside are brought in ferrari's fortunes seem to rise is it that sometimes the the insular culture of of a company mm -hmm. doesn't have yeah. to be ferrari i'm not you know is best served to get better if someone from outside comes in with fresh eyes yes of course i i, I agree that you if you are on an island you know everything of your island you know every stone but you you don't know about the rest of the world and i can my my view my opinion is that if you want to compete with best technologies you need best talents from coming from everywhere have a look in silicon valley, valley. there are um, engineers coming from china from india from from europe from everywhere in the world silicon valley are not anymore all americans there are so it's a mix of different uh, nations, different cultures. And as I mentioned before, uh, Formula One team now is more than 1,000 people. We cannot get the best talent from the city of Modena, which is uh, 160,000 people living. Uh, we need people coming from everywhere in the world with an uh, open mind, and then people coming from outside, I hope they, they can match with the, with the Modenese <laughs> and the, the Italians. And I hope they, they like the lifestyle and the, all of them, they are proud to work for Ferrari. They are proud to wear the red uh, overall with the, with the prancing horse. So I hope that this feeling can be transferred also to the for a foreigner coming to work for Ferrari, especially in Formula One racing team. Piero, uh, we were talking about a lot of uh, great engineers. If I look to the past of Formula One, I note that we can identify a period or a car or a special win to a special name. John Barnard, Mauro Forghieri, Harvey Postlet-White, just staying in Ferrari, Gustav Brunner, Patrick Eddin Williams. Now, with Mercedes, uh, we can talk of Mercedes because uh, for sure they are in a very special period of Formula One. They are making a super job since quite a long time now. But uh, we don't even know who is making the car there because it is a group. Mercedes himself say, we don't have one designer, we don't have one chief of this and that. We have a great group. Is it a sign that uh, things have changed in this direction and we cannot be back to a point where a special name can come and make a miracle, or it can still happen from your point no, of view? No, yeah, this, I agree. It is, it is not one man doing the <laughs> the difference. Make it, of course, you need a leader, but today one talented engineers cannot design a Formula One. Mm -hmm. This is a teamwork. It's, mm -hmm. it's not anymore one person who's making a sketch on, on the paper and say, oh, this is, is the new car. No, it's, a, it's the result of the work of so many people that the, uh, the technical director has to be the manager 
of uh, engineers. And Pierre, once your your father said, uh, uh, for me, GT cars, uh, ultra high performance road cars are an incredible, beautiful thing from Ferrari. But to me personally, to him, they are important because they allow me to spend money in motor racing. That is my dream. Today, Ferrari is not winning much in Formula One now, but has a great reality, GT cars and so on. It's a milestone. I mean, the stock market is, uh, is uh, giving you incredible rewards in all the wars about this. You are really a milestone on GT cars, uh, high-performance road cars and so on. Would your father have thought the same in this period? Yes, why not? <laughs> Because, uh, let me say so something that cannot sound like very nice, but I can say that Formula One, uh, if Formula One is winning, winning next Sunday, next Monday, there are not more clients going in the dealership to buy new Ferraris. Mm -hmm. There's the no, no direct link from the Formula One victories, how many victories and how many cars we, we sell. And the same, there is no direct link from uh, uh, stock market uh, price to Formula One uh, victories. But I can say Ferrari is one thing, is one company producing high-performance cars, very exclusive GT cars, and uh, involved and with a strong activity in motor racing. So the image of Ferrari is all together. I hope in the future, I mean in the next 50 years, nobody will decide that we can live without motor racing. I don't want to see that experiment, you know. This is my feeling. We do. <laughs> no, we're, so, we're all in agreement. We as well. <laughs> A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Piero, you started being involved in the 60s, you said. So which drivers 
come to your mind, but like immediately, instinctively, just from your heart? I mentioned before Nikki, Nikki Lauda was really a great, uh, great driver. One of the most intelligent person I, I met in driving a Formula One car, really. And uh, another one, which are still calling me every week and we are in touch, Jody Schechter. Oh. A very different character, very different person, but very smart guy. And so these two are, of course, uh, many even Michael, of course, is part of the history of Ferrari, Michael Schumacher, that unfortunately his, his life is frozen and we cannot see him and this, uh, we are missing a lot. Those are the ones that come from your heart. Yeah. Once again, the same question. We already agreed about the fact that uh, a great technician, even the number one, cannot change the situation by himself. What about a driver? Ferrari had so many drivers who gave something very special to the, to the, to the company. I remember Fangio when he came. I remember quite many people. Of course, Nicky. Nicky very much. Of course, Michael. Michael is for sure the number one. I mean, when he came, it started the most legendary long year of Ferrari. But uh, is it true that the driver can do much less now compared to the Nicky's era or to Michael Schumacher's era? Yes, I agree. I was mentioning before, Nicky Lauda was giving so much information to the engineer, so the, the driver was the interface between the, the car and the engineers. Now the, the driver is driving, is driving the car, but all the technical information are coming from the engineer to the driver, vice versa. So the feeling of is still very important, but it's not like before. So today is very, is very different. And what can do the driver if the car is not 100%, it cannot add maybe the 1%, not like uh, in the 60, can, that a good driver can add maybe 30% or more or 40 can be. Go back, uh, I don't know, Jackie Stewart, Jim Clark. Um, they really drove by know. the seat of their pants, you know, yeah. Yeah, over there. So. Piero, can I ask you about another big character in Formula One, uh, Mr. Eccleston? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, your father and, and him, uh, well, sort of created modern Formula One, obviously, with a famous Concord Agreement and many other things. Um, I remember once I was in Mr. Eccleston's office and uh, he had a picture of your father uh, uh, across, across the office from where he sat, you know, the, the classic picture, you know, the one with the dark glasses. And I asked him why he had it there and on his line of vision. He said, this is a man I could shake hands with. Is that the memory you, that you have of these two extraordinary men together? Of Bernie and my father, yes, of course. I have very good memories and especially because... I was translating for my father uh, from Bernie, which is not easy, but uh, <laughs> I was translating from Bernie and vice versa to Bernie. And the, you know, the beginning was not easy with Bernie when Bernie became, started to manage the Formula One. But my father understood that Bernie had a vision how to develop the business of Formula One that was not like it uh, was before, 
all the the contracts of the TV rights, uh, the advertising of the circuit, or you know, he did a real revolution. And what is Formula One today is because of Bernie. I can remember, I can tell you a nice uh, moment. This was later when uh, the FIA decided to go back to the normal aspirated engine uh, to replace the turbo because the turbo was uh, not possible to control the power and the cost of the technology. So they decided to go back and Balestra. And Bernie, they came to my father in Maranello in Fiorano, and I was with them. And Mr. Balestra said to my father, Mr. Ferrari, we go to go back to normal aspirated engine formula. You write the rules. The only limit is normal aspirated engine. So this was the kind of uh, relation established between Bernie, Jean-Marie Balestra, and my father. It was a very special moment. Fantastic. That's, that's, um, well, I'd like to be the fly on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Pierre, about translating, can I ask you a, a kid question, but it is just for me. Is this true that uh, at the very first test driven by Niki Lauda with a Ferrari in Fiorano, your father asked him, what do you think about the car? And he answered something, and you said, uh, better if I don't translate it. <laughs> you discorrected yes, or not? Was, was, yes, it was uh, more or less correct. It was... Um, Nikki was not very diplomatic, <laughs> but at the same time, I wa he was right. So I was translating to my father. I tried to manage, to ma manage but to bit. say that Nikki was right and the car was not good and the car had to be improved in, a, in another direction. And Nikki was right. Was, <laughs> and the car had to be developed in a different way. Piero, you mentioned that there is no direct correlation between winning on the track for a Formula One car and people, you know, rushing to your showroom for, for uh, and it wouldn't be rushing to your showroom, obviously, but uh, the cars are slightly more expensive than that. But why do people buy a Ferrari then? Uh, this is a good question. <laughs> is it a work of art? Ferrari has something different as design as perform in the complete package. And when you drive a Ferrari and you have in your hand the steering wheel, you feel that the car is doing what you want, what you want, not what the car wants. <laughs> so I always repeat that if you have a steering wheel of a Ferrari in your hands, you feel where is the wheel on the road. How is the road is rough, is, uh, the road is very is slippery, you feel it from the steering wheel. So this matching of the driver with the car, with the, and with the, the feeling you, you get from the car. Of course, you buy a Ferrari, not because of this, because you first time you see, you're, you fall in love or not. <laughs> okay, so we designed the car because the people, they come to the motor show or the showroom and say, oh, I love it, I want it. They don't care how much, they don't care, okay. This is not the first question, how much is the fuel consumption or the, uh, the dimension of the luggage or the... We, we are selling first emotion and second 
feeling of uh, of your body driving <laughs> driving the car. Piero, when you ask to many people of the of our environment, what is Ferrari? Many of them can answer Ferrari is a dream. Ferrari maybe is not that a dream in this moment. Is a a very good guy from my personal point of view, Mattia Binotto. Hmm. Mattia is living hard time. Is in front of an incredibly heavy task. What do you think of him? I know that you appreciate him. How do you think that him now can solve that kind of problem we were talking of before? Because uh, something must be done differently. Regulations, different regulations are coming quite close in 2022. I mean, what do you feel in his place in this moment? And just before your answer, Pierre, just to add to that, what is the, the weight Yeah. You know, if you are leading Ferrari, like, you know, you have the weight of, of a nation. I mean, I was thinking exactly the, yeah, the weight not of the world, maybe, but you, you know, this is a big thing. Yes, correct. It's a very heavy weight. It's a very heavy weight, you know, even because there are people not like you, journalists, you are journalists, but uh, there is a media from media is, is coming a big pressure, uh, a lot of stress. But you know, Mattia has been is the second here. He's a team principal of Ferrari, and uh, is a guy that is 20 years working in Ferrari, so he knows Ferrari in every corner, all the company, and he has the chance to to do something good. But he has. To work with the with the best engineers, uh, with the best team of engineers, and I repeat one more time: more than 1,000 people working in the racing team. You don't have he has he doesn't have enough time to speak with all of them in one year time. <laughs> Every person is working 100%. Takes time; it's not easy. And to know who, who is good, who is not delivering enough. Takes time, unfortunately. So this is his job. I'm sure that to have a person who developed his career inside Ferrari is a good message for everyone who's working in Ferrari today. Even the young engineer employed uh, last year has the chance to be team principal or chief designer or technical director in the future. This is a chance that Ferrari is giving to the engineer. Today, You need more time because the organization is very big. And so, at the same time, rules are changing. And the opponents are very strong. Of course. So, we were talking about the pressure that Mattia and anybody who leads Ferrari is under. And, of course, the media is, is, uh, is important for that. But also for anybody who's been to Monza and Imola in the old days, but certainly Monza now, to see that front stand with all the fans... Everybody's in red, the, the, the noise, the crowd. In England, everybody calls them tifosi, tifosi. you know, and, and yeah. the, the fans, and it's, it's a big deal. It's bigger than anywhere else. Yeah. Again, how much pressure does that put on, on the team, the individual mechanic, really, yeah. not just the leader? No, the team, the, they know, they know, and they feel the, the pressure, but the, the, and they care, and the, they care a lot, and this uh, I'm sure, but... Unfortunately, is something that to make a, a winning car and a winning team, 
you have to build it every every day because if uh, every day you you cut and destroy something you know you have to build nevertheless soviet forces are supporting us yes they are supporting the team always i tell you there are very few send me emails or messages when ferrari is losing say oh what a bad you stupid no never and I remember last year when uh, Charles won Monza and all the Tifosi were on, on the arrival. It was fantastic, really. I met Chase Carey and he told me, really, Ferrari? I feel now what is Ferrari. <laughs> for you, for Monza, for Italy, yeah, you could feel. So that's that's great because he's a man who you know follows sport. Uh, you know, all yeah, over America, yeah. he understands sport. He understands, and uh, for him to understand that, as you just said, it's a, it's a, it's great. You yeah, know? he he's got, he's become he, he's got the essence of Ferrari inside him too. The kind of shock that obviously your father didn't attend the races. We know, you know, the reason mm. he didn't attend the races. Do you, do you feel that? The fact that the drivers are much safer now, or driving is safer now, yes. do you think it makes the, the drivers as characters less interesting? So you, you mean they're... Does it take less courage to drive a car? Ah, yeah. You, you, meant the, you said the madness of Villeneuve, you know, yeah. in, in a nice way, you know. Yeah. Is, are, are they different, you know, from your memory? From, no. And the kind of people that your father Maybe would also not, choose? Only the cars are different. The drivers not, maybe they're the same. I don't know, the, the young guys, really they drive, the young guys of the academy, they drive from the kart to the Formula 3, Formula 2. I see them, really they're talented guys. I don't know, I, I feel that the last change with the bigger wheels, more aerodynamics, so made the car limit so high. I don't know if it's too much. <laughs> maybe we have to think about in the future. But What's circuits that? are different. I mean, in the past, circuits were more dangerous, more dangerous for drivers. Circuit for sure. Yeah. Now drivers know that uh, yeah. it's very hard to find themselves in a bad situation, in yeah, a corner or what circuit else. Sure, yeah. Piero, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you doing now? Do you, now? Mind, do you mind telling us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm following my, my business. I'm involved in the Ferretti Group yacht yacht business that I like very much, and I'm leading the committee of the new new construction, new boats, and so I like very much. I speak with the architects, with designers, so I'm enjoying. I like very much the the design that I still following in Ferrari, the design of the new cars. So. This is the, the part of my life I enjoy more. Our sincere thanks to Piero Ferrari for his time and the fantastic insights he gave us into the workings of the Scuderia. We hope you enjoyed it too. And if you did, please like and subscribe and follow Formula Once Upon a Time and do check the other podcasts in the series. Thanks for listening. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary 
not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.